Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. If you haven't finished reading book six yet, please do not listen to this podcast as we do talk about several different spoilers. Ooh, I love the emphasis there on several. Welcome to MuggleCast, and we're joined by a special guest today. Jamie is back. Hi, Jamie. Hey, guys. It is so good to be back 15 years later. So much has happened. Yeah, I'm so glad you feel that way, too. You know, when we invite somebody back who hasn't been on in a while, I personally feel like, have they changed? Are they different? Did they remove Harry Potter from their lives? Do they hate us now for some reason? But you seem to be the same old Jamie. Well, funny you should say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I didn't remove Harry Potter. No, I don't hate you guys. So I'm doing I'm doing well. Excellent. Yeah, you are. Do you want any anything going on in your life over the past couple of years? Oh, well, you know, everything's everything. I'm, I'm a grown up. I'm a grown up. That's why I say I'm a grown up. And being a grown up consists of um, I've got a house. I've got mm. a house. I, I bought a house. Uh, nice. I got married. I got married wow. two years ago. And I'm now a daddy. Oh, wow. that's so great. Congratulations. Yep, I, have a, I have a nine month old. Um, yeah. And yeah, her name's Evelyn. And I'm a grown up. And, you know, like all dads. No, no, no. See, this here is the problem. Here's the problem. You asked me that question. And now I'm about to get into an anecdote about being a dad. I was going to make I was going to make one of those those parent jibes around. And for the last, you know, however long I've been up at 6 a.m. every day. So I'm already putting a downer on it. And I'm, I'm going <laughs> to rewind from that and say, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Absolutely love it. Good, good. It sounds like you're doing well. We're happy to hear that. Have you thought about when you are going to introduce Harry Potter to young Evelyn? Like when when is the right age to read the books to her? Uh, that is a good question. Now, I when did I when did I first read the books? Now, I had my teacher in year seven, which is when you're 11 here. I had her read the first book. And that was when I really fell in love with it when you know it was read to me. Now, she has started on books, you know, which we do read her books, baby books. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll probably test the water with her, you know, in a year and just get her into the covers. <laughs> so she recognizes them. Yeah, that's and then great. Do it, and then do it slowly. But I mean, you know, I really don't want the films to be the first intro. That's the danger, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You need to start with the choice. source material. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not hammering on at the films. I'm just saying the books for me, I started there. I want her to start there, you know. Absolutely. Maybe one day we'll have Evelyn on MuggleCast for the for the 30th anniversary. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be so good. MuggleCast, the next generation. Will you tell her you were on MuggleCast? Hey, there's a copy. <laughs> there's a copy of um, the book, the book, um, what will happen in book seven on my shelf downstairs. So I'll introduce her to that. <laughs> that, that will be my intro point to the whole fandom and what happened. So Evelyn, yeah, I was a best selling author back in the day <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool no 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 i'm gonna treat it i'm gonna treat it like a test i'm gonna ask her to make her own predictions before she reads books <laughs> and then, and then, let's see how she does read my predictions in read my predictions and if she doesn't do well she'll be uh sleeping under the stairs obviously because that makes sense right <laughs> uh well we had to have jamie back for our 15th anniversary because jamie of course was one of everybody's favorite co-hosts of MuggleCast and we're we're so happy to hear that you're doing well, Jamie, and you haven't changed a bit. So on today's episode, we're going to discuss, you know, how MuggleCast got started, and, and then we're going to focus on the fandom, uh, because 
the Harry Potter fandom, you know, that's that's our favorite part about Harry Potter for sure. And instead of making this about us and being like, oh, my God, it's been 15 years, you know, for like the billionth time, we're just going to focus on what we've loved about the Harry Potter fandom over the past 20 plus years. But I thought we would be a little self-indulgent here at the beginning. We could talk about getting started with MuggleCast 15 years ago this week. And, you know, obviously, it's been a really long time. We were all very different people. We were all a lot younger. And I honestly forgot how the show got started to an extent. And what reminded me was going on the Wayback Machine on archive.org and looking at our old website because we had a description there. And it said on the old MuggleCast.com, the idea of creating a podcast surrounding Harry Potter was spawned back in April of 2005 when MuggleNet staff member Sarah tossed the idea around in our staff forum. Now, I remember the staff forum. I don't remember a Sarah. Does anybody else remember Sarah? We need to get her on the show. Is it? Are you, I sure, do. Are you sure this isn't you, Andrew? You've just given yourself a different name. No, I, I would love to take credit for initially you know, spawning the idea of a Harry Potter podcast for MuggleNet. You do, Laura? I do remember this. I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was sort of at the dawn of podcasting. And she just made a post being like, hey, have you all heard about this podcasting thing? Maybe we should have one. Mm -hmm. And then I guess you stole her idea, Andrew. (laughs) Excuse me. I did not steal her idea. I was listening. She hates you to this day. <laughs> She's my arch enemy. No, I think I'm sure we would have invited her to be a part of the podcast. Maybe she just didn't want to be on air. I think yeah, we were all you, very shy. Yeah. You tell yourself that. You tell yourself that. <laughs> no, well, I had been listening to podcasts at the time. Mm. Um, Jamie. This week in tech. Yeah. Jamie, you remember Leo, right? My podcast idol. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember him. You, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, Leo. Oh my god, oh my god, he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was Sarah initially who introduced MuggleCast to us, apparently, <laughs> or the idea of a Harry Potter podcast to us. Um, and then the rest of the description says originally MuggleCast was only going to be a weekly news roundup with discussion on the latest news stories. The format quickly changed, though. As we began coming up with new ideas, by early August, we had come up with a great format for the Internet's first ever Harry Potter talk show. So that's how it got started. I thought it was interesting because to me, it was just a surprise that we had written that somebody named Sarah actually gave us the uh, idea in the MuggleNet staff forum. But there was resistance, right? I remember Damon in particular, who was kind of the tech guy. I feel like he was... MuggleNet. He was the he, dad he, of the staff, I feel. I just remember like he always him being... Said, oh, I think I, he just yeah. thought that people weren't interested in that idea. No, you're a cool dad, Jamie. All right, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, but I think there was some resistance. And I know when we started MuggleCast, we weren't sure how it was going to go. We didn't know how the, the visitors of MuggleNet were going to um, accept it because there just weren't other Harry Potter podcasts out there. But I think the reason that MuggleCast did and still does work so well is because there's just so much to talk about <laughs> in regards to Harry yeah. Potter. It's a very deep story and there's so much that can be speculated on. And of course, the big thing back then, we started it before book six was released. So there was a lot to... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, sorry, book six had just come out. So there was a lot to talk about in regards to Half-Blood Prince. And then, of course, we were looking at looking ahead to book seven and what else mm-hmm. may come after that. It's, just, it's fascinating to think that you were just going to do a weekly news roundup 
because I, I didn't join the show until probably maybe like seven or 10 episodes in. Mm-hmm. I remember recording those new segments every single week and sending them over to you. And it always start like, thanks, Andrew. And oh, I, I remember like that. Ah, oh, you jumped Ben and Jamie <laughs> yeah. used to give me such a hard time. Ben in particular, but I know Jamie too, used to give me a hard time about Thanks, Andrew. Like you would always parody it. Ah, that that memory just jogged some part of my brain and brought it back. Ah, great times. Uh, but but it wasn't news only. I mean, even from the first one, right? No, right? Yeah, because news, we were but... talking about yeah book six and what could happen in book yeah, seven. Um, but I guess maybe the original idea was to make it so solely focused on news. But let's listen to a couple of clips from episode one. So it was me. Ben and Kevin, and then the rest of uh, the people here on this panel today, they joined a couple episodes later. And I wanted to talk about these clips because we were making some predictions. So here's the first clip. And this this uh, recording was a hot mess. <laughs> so bear with us. Now, have you guys heard well, he that theory that... about Harry? What? Have you heard Harry that theory about Harry? Yeah. A um, lot of people have been posing that to me in questions in my email. And I See, just want to know the what thing you guys that, think The thing that completely destroys that theory. Many tons of people have sent this in. Something such as Harry's Harry's scar being a horcrux or Harry himself being a horcrux. Yeah, the only issue one. here is is that Harry the vault that Dumbledore told Harry that he has to destroy each individual horcrux, then destroy the one that Voldemort is inhabiting, the one that g- gave him his body back. The thing is, Harry would have to first kill himself and then kill Voldemort in order to to save the wizarding world, which really doesn't seem very likely. Well, I think think? that's why they suggested the scar, because I believe if, um, remember the first book when Dumbledore introduced um, Harry, and uh, McGonagall, I believe, made a comment about Harry's scar and Dumbledore removing it, and he said, even if I could, um, scars tend to come useful Every once in a while, I have one of yeah, I a think perfect map that. of the yeah, London yeah. Underground. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. well, he suggested removing it. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people have been sending to me, and I mean, I'm not sh- I, I can't make a clear judgment whether it's you know a possible theory or not, but they've been saying that it's possible that Harry will have to remove his own scar and break the connection between him and Voldemort. But yeah, you guys remember, this was a big debate going into yeah. book seven. Is Harry a Horcrux? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ben was completely wrong. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. dear Ben. <laughs> oh, dear Ben. <laughs> Screwed that one up, didn't yep. he? A, a lot of people were on his side, in fairness, though. But then there was this idea floated that Harry would have to somehow sacrifice himself. And that was that was spot on. Uh, I, I want to know who's messaging Kevin directly. He said like he's getting all these, uh, these yeah, messages. All these, all these. Yeah, it's like it's like overwhelmed. Dear with Kevin, messages. that's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you aren't fooling anyone. This was episode one. No one was listening. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, was Kevin like in charge of the editorial section or something on MuggleNet? That's because I was surprised by that comment too. But he must have been doing something on MuggleNet where he was getting emails all the time, or he was just lying. One of the two. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say we all had, you know, at staff.mugglenet.com email addresses. That's true. And I seem to remember people because they were all listed on the staff page. And I do remember getting mm-hmm. random emails even before MuggleCast. I think people just 
they saw a contact and they were like, oh, let me yeah. write I mean, in. The, the, the real news from that is how old fashioned it is to have at staff.mugglenet.com nowadays. You just I know. Have at mugglenet.com. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that tells the time. Right? <laughs> or you just have Gmail. <laughs> Yeah, but that wouldn't have felt so good. That wouldn't have felt so good. (laughs) Or, you know, social media. Yeah, true. This next clip, uh, there was speculation over whether Harry would hunt for horcruxes on his own. And I want to play this one because (laughs) we were wrong. These horcruxes, they're just so involved and in-depth that it it seems to me that all of Book 7 is going to be dedicated to these. And it can almost be called Harry Potter and... The seven horcruxes. Oh my word! Yeah, it would, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole topic of the book is going to be the horcruxes. Um, right. It's going to be that and him training. I think that Harry's going to be, have a difficult job just trying to find the horcruxes. Oh, of course, because he's do he's doing it almost alone. Right. I mean, I don't see, to be honest, I don't see Ron and Hermione leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't see right. them leaving. Although at the same time, they did post it. J.K. Rowling did pose the um, possibility that J- Hogwarts won't be open, mm-hmm. in which yeah. case they'd be available f- to help him. But I don't see, if it is open, I don't see them leaving Hogwarts. So I'm fairly sure that Harry has to do this largely on his own. So obviously Ron and Hermione w- went with Harry to uh, hunt for the Horcrux. Oh, oh dear, number two. Who, who was the first person speaking on that one? That was Andrew. Me. I mean... Your voice has changed a lot. <laughs> little me. I was very shy recording in my childhood bedroom mm. with my brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, that, that is great. That is. I, I honestly didn't, I didn't recognize you. Yeah, it's changed a lot. <laughs> Kevin sounds exactly the same. He does. He sounds identical. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He sounds very similar <laughs> to how he does now. And, he hasn't changed. And ben, and ben going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, Kevin speaking sounds like he's getting more and more annoyed and ready to jump in and just, <laughs> just end Kevin. <laughs> Well, I listened to that whole episode to prepare for today's episode, and everybody's talking over each other. It's just a total mess. Um, So let's move on to our own favorite MuggleCast moments. And to start this portion of uh, the show, we want to play a pre-recorded clip from Eric. Eric couldn't be here today. Why couldn't he be here? He he booked a trip (laughs) during a pandemic. Well, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, here's um, Eric's thoughts on his uh, favorite MuggleCast moments over the years. Hey, everyone. I feel bad about not being able to be on uh, today's episode, but looking back over the last 15 years of MuggleCast, and I could not be more proud of the show that we have all built. MuggleCast came to me towards the end of my high school era, but really felt like the first group that I ever belonged to. It was so fun coming together as a group at conventions and live podcasts. And it was really, it brought with it a, a, a really confidence in me to be a mugglecaster, to be part of the mugglecasters that are traveling the world. And I know we recently looked back on book seven's release and uh, all that that meant in that whole trip and that certainly is, a, you know, a highlight of what has occurred. But it's a small smidgen of all of the experiences as a whole. And my personal favorite moment in in doing this show has been all the interactions between me and listeners, um, whether it's an email, whether it's in person, whether it's random or trying to get 
a mug hand delivered because <laughs> uh, the other one's broke. The, you know, it has been a wild journey and Patreon has really brought out a lot of people who really care about the show in that extra way. And I think it's really reinstated some confidence, reinstilled some confidence in me and, you know, if I could speak for the panel as well, that people want to see this show on the air. So, you know what, like I say 15 years uh, has been and here's to 15 more. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to work it out. And that's the thing is really this fandom has been so giving to all of us individually and as a group. And I really don't see that stopping. So thank you all very much and happy 15th birthday. MuggleCast. Yeah. I like what Eric said about being a part of a group. I think that was a big thing for all of us at the Mm -hmm. beginning. Like, I was a total outcast in high school. I had no friends. And it just being being a part of not just MuggleCast, but MuggleNet was a huge deal for me. It, everybody was online. It was all digital, but it was so nice to be a part of a group. Agreed. I was homeschooled when I joined mm. MuggleCast. So I really had a very limited friend circle before I did this, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, we're going to get into this in a few minutes, but this was really sort of like a launch pad to the lifelong friendships that I think we all, I hope we all developed through this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Lifelong friendships. You guys guys are all chuckling nervously. I hope hope you Have some confidence, guys. Is Jamie still our friend? (laughs) Of course, forever, forever. No, I I, I think it's a good point. I think it's a good point. It was, it was you know, crazy, enjoyable times, like, you know, making friends with people that, um, you know, weren't in your town, weren't in your country, um, you know, and just sort of being thrown together in this wild sort of journey and, you know, great memories, um, just like exploring Harry Potter and just exploring the world. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was super fun. I always really enjoyed the big news episodes of MuggleCast, like when a new cover was released or when they announced that Deathly Hallows uh, was going to be split into two movies. And of course, the live episodes we've done over the years. I know one in particular that people really enjoyed, so it's become one of my favorites too, is the episode where somebody wrote in complaining that we accidentally left a curse word in. And then the whole start of the following episode was just, I think, me cursing a lot, but it was all censored out. People really enjoyed that. Um, And you guys remember, this was probably by far my favorite moment because this was just so me, when Steve Jobs (laughs) showed MuggleCast on his screen during a keynote presentation. Yes. That was... The best, and I'm gonna play a clip. So, what had happened was this was a keynote, an Apple keynote in September 2005, right after the Harry Potter audiobooks came to iTunes. Because of this announcement, they were making little references to Harry Potter throughout the keynote. So, this is what happened. And uh, now, let me go ahead and search for something. Uh, I'm in my library and I'm gonna search for a Harry. Uh, and obviously, I've got a bunch of Harry Potter stuff, but you can see the search bar up here. So, I can just say music, and I've got some songs about Harry that have nothing to do with Harry Potter. Uh, in audiobooks, though, everything has to do with Harry Potter, if I want to find one of those really fast. Uh, you know what, though? There's even podcasts about Harry Potter. Wow. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And my name entered Steve Jobs' eyes. 
for a fleeting moment, <laughs> and then he never thought of me again. Maybe he was a fan. <laughs> Which is more meaningful, Andrew, meeting Leo Laporte or your name entering Steve Jobs' eyes? Good question. Mm, that's tough. Uh, probably entering Steve Jobs' eyes because he's a genius. Leo's cool. Andrew, but... it's amazing how these things come full circle talking about Apple today. <laughs> so weird. Yesterday was the first time the thought entered my head that it's time to retire my Apple cinema display that I took back from your house. Oh my God. You still have an Apple display that I gave you? I do. I do. But just to be fair, it, it's, my, it's my uh, second screen. So I've got my main screen, which is far more modern. And then uh, I have dual screens on my laptop, you know, and that one is the second one. But I have to say, compared to. Um, compared to my my one that i bought like a year and a half ago it's crap so but they still hold their value they, oh they, yeah they've still worth like 40 quid or something like that so instead of like throwing that out could you just send it back to me <laughs> yeah yeah sure that's gonna cost more than you like buying a, a mac pro or whatever whatever's the, the top one now <laughs> how about everybody else favorite muggle cast moments over the years i've i mean i've probably spoken about this a number of times but the opportunity to interview David Heyman, this was way back on episode 200 when we were celebrating 200 episodes. And obviously, producer of all of the Harry Potter films, now working on Fantastic Beasts as well. But and Paddington. Uh, Eric and I, and Paddington, yeah, great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it is. It really yeah. is. And uh, just the, how gracious he was with his time, you know, we were maybe only hoping for. 20 minutes or so. And I think he ended up speaking to us for close to an hour. Uh, and just the, mm. the passion with which he talked about the series, you could tell that he really cared about it. And, uh, you know, he's been one of several guests that we've had over the years, but just being able to sit down really with the person who has brought Potter to life on screen was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. So this is where I get to tell my story about me complaining and getting <laughs> to be on the panel. Um, so y'all were... A few episodes in, um, and we had a few threads in the staff forums, I remember, talking about the podcast, and there were staff members making suggestions for what should happen, and I decided to get on my high horse and get in there and be like, how do you not have a girl on this panel like seriously <laughs> i was like mo like most of the fandom like i would say 60 percent of the fandom is female you have to right. have female representation on here and in retrospect i'm like oh my god everybody was like 16 like nobody here like we weren't professionals this isn't like an HR issue. <laughs> um, it's good you made it one, though, representing early lifelong right. feminist. Right. But I, I decided to make it one. And then Andrew very kindly was like, OK, well, do you want to come on? And I was like, Ooh. well, I didn't mean me. There's this girl named Sarah. I, meant, I don't know. Yeah. Her. Uh, but but honestly, must have asked Sarah. If I'm looking back and being honest, I kind of did mean me. Oh, really? Were you just shy? Yeah, I was maybe I was shy, but I was also a, maybe a little bit jealous because I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's the story of how my like jealousy and uh, and like high horse morality mm -hmm. it gets you far in life. I, I like, I like yeah. it. <laughs> I guess 
I don't know why we didn't pick a girl. I mean, honestly, maybe part of the reason is we were just embarrassed to talk to girls. Like we were just shy or something. I think also, Angie, like it's it's really easy to put our current brains back, but we were like sixteen. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm sure we weren't in like a boardroom being like, you know, how's this gonna go down? Right. You know, <laughs> like, diversity on this panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It was also two thousand six. I mean, not not that that we have these conversations a lot, right? But it's not that it makes it better, but it was a different time, and we were all teenagers. Yeah, it's weird when you say that. It's it's crazy to think that mm-hmm. teenagers. Mm-hmm. I also really enjoyed Pickle Pack. Yeah, you guys remember Pickle Pack? Yeah, yeah. I had this one as well. <laughs> um, I just I was always late for my blogs <laughs> and same same. <laughs> this is why we didn't want to bring you on board, Laura. We didn't think you were going to be reliable. I'm kidding. That's right. I'm still not. Um, and then also Lumos 2006. It was my first live show in Vegas. And it was also the first time meeting a lot of the panel for me. And then even later on that summer when we went to New York City, it was my first time meeting Micah. So that was the summer that I really got to see all of you in person. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just check and this one. Lumos cool. 2006 was the first convention we did. Andrew, it was when I met you in that casino. Do you, do you remember that? Yes. Uh, when I just got off the flight and I just got in that taxi and came there and met you there. That was Lumos, wasn't it? Yes, that was the, that was the one. We ever did. Yeah. That was, that was cracking. That yeah. was crackerjack. That was good. That, was, that, that yeah. means for all of you uh, American listeners, that means a really good time. <laughs> how, how do you know that? Uh, I assume that's what you mean. I don't think you had a bad time. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You you guessed right. <laughs> were Were you all nervous? I was really nervous meeting before I met everybody, everybody. for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think because... so. I, yeah, no, I was. I was excited though. It was like, but you, you know, for a Brit coming across there, I was like, oh, Vegas as well. What a chance! You know, what a place to meet everyone. Right. And do right. this. Of course, mm-hmm. we were all underage, so we couldn't gamble. We couldn't technically drink, but. Vegas was also the place where I had my first drink that trip. I was going to say, <laughs> yep. that didn't yeah, stop the, anyone. Like a 0% beer, right? Right, the 0% beer that I like spit up because I was so disgusted by it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, Jamie, when we were in, I think it was Philadelphia, we were doing, was it Enlightening? Is that was the name of the... Uh, yeah. Oh, it was about that. yeah, yeah, it was. small yeah, convention. It was a small one, yeah, yeah. And you and I had to go out to get, you know, beverages and uh, you were actually able you i don't think you were 21 at the time but you were able to purchase because the 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 switch in the um the now, day in the month of your id was enough to fool whoever was so you're selling. you're right you're you're right but you've placed it wrongly i tell you it wasn't oh. there oh well, no wait wait it might have been there but it was at that medieval banquet thing oh wait Do like, remember that okay california what medieval banquet you mean medieval uh, I honestly, times? I honestly can't remember where it was. Medieval times, yeah, where, where you drink mead and eat like chicken and watch people on yeah. night. I don't think Michael was there, but oh, Michael, maybe it was a different. I no, wasn't it, there. It was there. You're a repeat maybe offender, is what yeah, this yeah. is. A repeat offender, yeah, yeah. No, well, maybe it happened uh, when we went out um, for enlightening, but I do remember here because I remember it was the twelfth of the seventh, and my birthday is the seventh of the twelfth. So right. I just got drunk on me to, at, at this medieval time thing. It was fantastic. Well, no, because 2007, <laughs> it was it. It was the convention was either like just before Deathly Hallows was released or just after it. And we there was like this little bar that you could go to on the campus. I think it was UPenn that we were at, mm-hmm. and 
it was like all the college kids were there that were there for the summer, but you could also actually buy beer and take it back. I don't oh, know. Right. Any, anyway, I think Andrew, weren't you there? That place that we did that live show, what you said was one of the best acoustically we've ever done. Oh my it was inside God, like I a, said that? I'm such a <laughs> yeah, loser. You said that. <laughs> but what am I, a rock star? The best no, acoustically? It was, it was in like a... Uh, it was in like a really old t- building on the campus there. Yeah, I remember that. So the sound was really good. Your parents were there. Your sister was there. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but Lumos, that a lot of classic Jamie moments came out of okay, Lumos. Okay, back to Vegas. And Vegas. Right, yeah. Back to Vegas, please. <laughs> no, I mean, Jamie, you remember the Bellagio Fountains and like you just fell in love with I'm Proud to Be oh, an American. God, so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually watched Ocean's Eleven recently again. Thought, oh, nice. that. That was also your Cascada summer. Every time we touch, you're obsessed with that song. Oh, what a song. What a song. <laughs> Haven't listened to that in years. Still like it, though. <laughs> uh, and Jamie, how about you? What are your favorite moments? Yeah, so this? I had a few. So firstly, Pickle Pack, Laura. I share I share Laura's anxiety when I was late. And <laughs> I was like, let me think. I, I just can't think of something good this week. <laughs> I tried to come up with interesting stuff. I really did. If everyone, if anyone's listening who, who was a Pickle Pack member, I really tried. But sometimes it was so hard. But, you know, one thing that stands out for me, I can still see the layout of Pickle, Pickle Pack, <laughs> the website in my head. Yeah. And, you know, and... The slogan was probably not our fine, our finest moment. When I think of no. like, you know, I think of Mad Men and Don Draper and like advertising coming up with a, a slogan for a thing called Pickle Pack, and they're like <laughs> after hours of brainstorming, like, what about it's it's a pack of pickles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the tie to uh, Harry Potter. It's so we not... had the pickle catchphrase on the show. It started because over on Pottercast, Melissa was starting every episode with hello, Potter potties. Hello, Potter people. Hello, She would say Potter and then a P word. And then uh, one right. week we decided to make fun of that. And then I said, I think, hello, Potter pickles. And then it just blew up from there somehow. As for that slogan, I feel like that may have been the shirt designer. I think we should just blame him because he came up with the the t-shirt design. And I think while designing it, he needed a slogan. So he just slapped that in there. He needs some training. It's a pack of pickles. <laughs> that means nothing. He's no Don Draper. <laughs> I mean, it's literally nothing. Yeah. Y'all, I, uh, I managed the MuggleCast P.O. Box during the Pickle Pack era. We got so much pickle stuff <laughs> sent to us. Like, I remember somebody sent us a yodeling pickle. Like, it was a plastic pickle oh. that had a button, and you pushed it, yeah. and you would yodel. That's a big uh, thing for Christmas trees. Is it? <laughs> why? Yeah. Well, I don't, putting a pickle. It's like a German pickle. tradition. Yes. You hide the pickle inside the Christmas tree. Now, whether it's supposed to yodel or not, that's whole I don't think the yodeling part no is, way is part of the tra- tradition. But no, yes. I remember uh, a wand, a pickle wand. I, yes. I, oh my god! I was going to pick a wand. <laughs> Somebody car like hand carved us yep. wands that had pickles as the grip, and they even had and the inside had... of the pickle as well on the grip. It was very lifelike. <laughs> wow! It, it yes. wasn't. It was very good. It was like a cross section of the pickle. It's very impressive. And it had all of our names carved into it as well. That's amazing. Damn. That was cool. That was that, that was cool. Yeah. That stands out in my mind. The 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 best thing I think I ever got was a Marauder's map that was like calligraphy, you know, on really nice like parchment. That was really nice. I think I've still got that actually. I thought you were going to say a Marauder's map made of pickles or something. <laughs> Just pickles all over the map. <laughs> that would be. Now that would be amazing. <laughs> that that would be amazing. No, pickle pack was was one. 
live tours in general i just uh, I, I had so much fun on them they, they were just fantastic like hanging out with you guys and yeah and, and seeing people who had been listening and just you know bouncing off people it was just fantastic um but and then and then one thing from the actual podcast you know when we recorded it was hearing people's like utter desperation when they were on the clock to make a connection between two things <laughs> you couldn't make it you couldn't make uh. a connection between i just heard the like their voice quivering just like, <laughs> but then but then you guys pulled it out the bag so much that i was just like yeah that's that's a good answer yeah and then um i can't remember who was at i think this was the book seven launch at waterstones in london and if you guys remember there were so many people we had the main kind of podcast floor on floor eight or whatever and then on mm-hmm. floor nine above was like everyone else with these screens and i remember andrew you were like hey guys for the guys listening <laughs> above why don't you make some noise and you didn't tell people to do this but everyone just started stamping their feet and it was like it was like an earthquake and i remember the lights like they killed two lights on the ceiling of the floor yeah. that we were on and they just went out and i was like that is cool that's cool. when very we knew we made it yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. i wonder cool. if i spoke about cool. the acoustics at that venue that day well Probably. man these acoustics wow there's something else <laughs> yeah Okay, we have a lot more to get to on this special episode of MuggleCast celebrating our 15th anniversary. But first, a word from our newest sponsor, BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We all hit roadblocks in life, and despite telling ourselves that we don't need any outside help, we actually do. I tried myself for years to get through terrible anxiety and I was of no help to myself, leading me to a massive breakdown. That's when I started seeking outside help, and it changed my life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. There's no going to an office every week. You'll simply do it from the comfort of your own home. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast. That's Better H-E-L-P. If you've been thinking of getting into therapy, please do. I speak from experience when I say that working with an expert who is trained to help you will greatly improve your life. We have a special offer for MuggleCast listeners. Get 10% off your first month of therapy at BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast. Again, visit BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast today. Okay, so let's talk about the fandom. Let's talk about the, our favorite fandom moments. The Deathly Hallows Part 2 premiere in London was a big one. Of course, that was when J.K. Rowling said that iconic line, Hogwarts will always be there to welcome you home. And that was a big deal because that really felt like that was the end of the Harry Potter fandom. Um, and people, I mean, it was like somebody died. <laughs> people watching that premiere, which was live streamed around the world, it just felt like a big ending and of course the movie was coming up it was going to premiere in theaters maybe just a week later um so that was a big one and i think people really needed to hear that from jk rowling like don't worry things may be coming to an end but you always you always will be able to escape to hogwarts so that was nice something that also just randomly stuck with me 
was J.K. Rowling entering the theater for The Cursed Child. Um, I had been at the the opening preview night. And when she came in, it was just like, you know, a rock star coming into the room. Jamie, by the way, have you seen The Cursed Child? I have not. No. Okay. Do you want I to? Haven't. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah we talked about going uh, a while ago, but um, just just never got around to it. But yeah. it's it's been on my list, but obviously it's, you know, off my list temporarily. But, I, but no, I do want to go. And then, of course, our first live Harry Potter podcast back in 2005, we did that in um, New York City around the Goblet of Fire premiere. And that was a big deal for us because that was like the first time that I guess this counts as a favorite MuggleCast memory, technically. Um, but that was the first time we were actually meeting the listeners and we just did not know what to expect. And so many people turned out and so many people told us how much they loved the show that it was just it was a really wonderful hey, moment. Wasn't wasn't that the one we got kicked out early? That at that same venue, yes, but it was the following summer. That was it. I yeah, it yeah. was like it was August. <laughs> it was so hot outside, and we wrapped up the show, and we were meeting with listeners, and then the staff of Barnes and Noble Union Square. They're like, "All right, guys, please get out. Please get out." And then we was like, "Okay, let's all go out into the sweltering heat." It's like you're welcome for us bringing all those people in to right. buy those books for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I also say that was the first time, not just meeting listeners, but but meeting each other for mm. for many of us. Yeah. Right. In 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to me is the Half-Blood Prince release, because I actually got together with a bunch of MuggleNet fanfiction moderators, because I came into MuggleNet as a fanfiction moderator and actually met my best friend that way, met people that I'm still in contact with that way. And we all decided to get together for the release of Half-Blood Prince. And it was the first time I got to experience a book release with a group of people who were as excited about it as I was. And that was really cool because we all went to the release party together and we went back to our friend's house and we all just sat in the den and read. It was like eight, nine of us mm -hmm. in there just like silently oh, I remember those den parties. You get the book and everyone would <laughs> mm -hmm. be best friends and you get back to the hotel and you just be like, yeah, just, just be quiet now. I'm just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was great. I mean, all of summer 2007, of course, that was a whirlwind summer because we had the Order of the Phoenix premiere, um, which was the the one premiere that I got to attend, uh, which was really cool. Mm. And I don't remember who, but somebody on staff gave me their ticket to the after party so that I could go to that. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. And I actually I got to like Say hi to Dan and hug Rupert. Oh, oh which you was hugged really Rupert? Cool. That's sweet. I did. I did. Um, I asked him first, you know. Was that was that consent. the premiere where Ben tried to get Emma Watson's number? Oh yeah, and her bouncer <laughs> like blocked him. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I mean, of course that was gonna that happen. That was the one. Um, but that was a great time. And then uh I, I also have to say that the Dumbledore is gay reveal. Yeah. And I know that in retrospect, people crap on this a little bit um, because they're like, oh, JK Rowling retconning her characters and whatever. But this was a big deal in 2007. Mm -hmm. I think we have to remember to put ourselves in the mindset of the time and remember that 
marriage equality was not a thing in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the audience when she made this announcement. And I have a specific memory, Andrew, of you coming up out of your seat (laughs) and and like clapping a whole bunch. And I was like, yeah, like imagine what this must mean to people who are hearing this live that one of their favorite, you know, most iconic book characters has this in common with them, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I even knew that I had it in common with Dumbledore at the time. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think you did. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'd already had that discussion. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. And actually, you know, you mentioned the book seven release and one of the classic, another classic Jamie story is Jamie, you were like crying at midnight when the book came out. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Well, n- not a huge amount of it, not a huge amount of it, but I remember drinking a load of free raspberry champagne that was amazing. <laughs> I like how and you remember the flavor. Like, no, yeah, no, because it was so nice. And then I remember like blacking out, crying. And then, and then, I, do you guys remember Jerry? Jerry yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he still works for me on that. But anyway, I remember he said, I used to get on really well with Jerry. And I remember he said to me afterwards, um, that was really rude. And I said, what? what? And and he said, what you said to me? And I said, oh, Jerry, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and apparently I'd gone up to him and been like, why why are you here? This is like the VIP bit or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah. Yeah. We were in this quote unquote VIP area because we had just hosted the podcast and they had this special. Little- I felt. Midnight but I, I have to say, I have to say, I, I feel bad even bringing this up because this is this is people know me. This is not me at all, and I do that. <laughs> I felt awful with, uh, yeah, I felt so bad afterwards, and I apologize. But I literally don't even remember saying it. So, like, yeah, that's what raspberry champagne remember. does to you. It's yeah, don't, so good. Don't drink it. Yeah, don't drink it. Don't drink it. It's not good at all. But that that's on my list as well. Yeah, that was such a good event. Everything about that mm-hmm. was just, and I remember. I remember Sky News being there and, and like just explained to them that the big camera out and I was just telling them about the fandom and stuff and yeah, it was just on top of the world. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. And actually, o- overall, just the live podcasting conventions for me, but just, yeah, just meeting everyone and, and, you know, talking stuff through, you know, getting theories from people, chatting with people was good. But actually, Laura, you know, um, Half-Blood Friends uh, release, you, you jogged to memory because I had Order of the Phoenix book release. So I remember it was in London and I think just Emerson was over there for that. But I remember after the launch going into the to the shop, I think, I think it was Waterstones and just, you know, Order of the Phoenix is such an iconic spine, the yellow, the like garish yellow on it. And there were so mm. many of them. And I just that was my moment when I was like, holy crap, this is like this is so big. You know, there were so many of these. I think it was the first like huge print run or maybe the fourth book was the um Goblet of Fire was the first sort of huge print run, but this was just massive and it really blew me away. But Half Blood Prince was at Edinburgh Castle, and that was that was amazing. That yeah, was when Joko Rowling appeared and everyone just went crazy. How about you, Micah? I, well, I can't top that. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, that was that seriously. Was great. I, yeah, I mean, to say Pottermore after that is like you know, <laughs> um, no, but it, it, I, I think this speaks to Laura, like you had mentioned, or maybe you just have it in here, like the discovering the Deathly Hallows title on J.K. Rowling's old website, just her old website Mm -hmm. in general. And I think she took a similar approach to announcing 
Pottermore, where she would give these clues to all these different fan websites and some media, I think, too. And there were like coordinates and it was, it was really wild. And I think you had to like go into different locations on like Google Maps to uh, find yeah. the letters that mm-hmm. spelled out Pottermore. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, we got all this information from Pottermore. Now it's Potter No More. Uh, because it's what wizardingworld.com or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think we were all excited as to what that was going to be and, and what was it going to mean. And we were thinking, oh, encyclopedia, finally, we're going to get all the information that we've always wanted. And we got some of it, but probably not all of it. Um, a couple of events I did in New York. Uh, I don't know if, if folks remember the the Harry Potter exhibition. I think it's still mm-hmm. touring actually in somewhere around the world, but um, it opened here in New York at Discovery Times Square and they did like a whole red carpet event. I think it might have actually been one of the first live events I got a chance to kind of cover on my own. So I was super nervous at the time. They had all these cast members that were there. And across the street, they set up these um, bleachers where fans you know, could come and, and check everything out. And I just remember somebody after the fact sending in an email to MuggleNet saying, yeah, I was at the uh, exhibition opening. It was so great. But Micah was so rude because he never came over and spoke to us the whole time that we were there. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, it's like, you can't win. Um, <laughs> the other weird thing about the exhibition too, and I know I've mentioned this before, they didn't initially let you take pictures going through oh, yeah, of all the dumb. props in the set. Mm-hmm. And that was just not cool. Yeah, you need some like, memories. What's the point? Jamie, if you haven't been, you got to go to the studio tour over there too. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't done that, but everyone has said it's it's like you spend hours there all day there. It's yeah. fantastic, especially the Great Hall, right? Yeah, yeah, super cool. Actually, mm. one more on this one, which yeah. which I teased out earlier was um, Angie. You'll you'll remember this when um, she did the reading in where was it was it radio city hall with stephen king yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. harry carry and garp yes but if you remember who hosted it i remember i was sitting next to andrew and we just come in having a chat and sat down and um you know i didn't know who john stewart was i i hadn't heard of him and i just remember him coming on stage and i was just gonna i was gonna turn to andrew and just be like oh who is this guy and you know laura are you saying about andrew jumping out of the the chair with the Dumbledore's gay reveal he did the opposite but he was as excited I sort of turned to him and he was like foaming at the mouth like like just sort of he you were you were you were so excited but you didn't know what to do with the excitement you were sort of it was weird it was weird maybe I was trying to like uh, like tamp it down to not like be an embarrassment or not freak maybe, you maybe out. maybe but but you were a big fan of his right yeah yeah john stewart was a big deal back in the day with the daily show i mean he was he had a real hit with that show didn't we all go mm-hmm. or am i making that up we Laura, did. did we go i did we went go. for my 21st birthday yeah you did andrew you were there i went to a taping of the daily show yes no 100 no yes no way yeah you did no Laura probably has photo evidence. <laughs> I probably do. I remember you guys going to a taping of The Daily Show, but I don't think I was there. But you, you don't remember if you were there or not? No, I don't. I, I Did really... you have raspberry uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that true. could be No, I remember this because you and a couple others flew out to surprise me for my 21st birthday, and... The surprise got spoiled before you got there. And I was like, hey, I know you're coming. And you were like, oh, thank God. I hate surprises. (laughs) 
Interesting. Well, I have a terrible memory, evidently. That's okay. We got wasted. It's fine. You probably won't remember anything. <laughs> so um, we've kind of spoken about these before, but just uh, earlier, but I just want to touch on favorite major Harry Potter news items. Like I said, book seven being split into two movies. That was a huge deal because it was like, wow, the the life of the fandom is about to be extended. So that was super cool. And I think as readers, we were really excited because by splitting them, Obviously, it was a financial decision. They were going to double how much they made off of this book, but it was more time to tell the story. And as readers who want the movies to be loyal to the books, that was really important to us. Um, And then J.K. Rowling announcing the Fantastic Beasts film series that, again, extending the life of the fandom. Like, I don't think any of us could have ever imagined that there was going to be another official Wizarding World project from jk rowling especially especially that one because i have to say i really connected with that one much more than quidditch through the ages mm. I, I just loved that you could read all about the different ones so yeah i remember hearing that and thinking i have no idea what what you know the plot could be because this book is not is not like is not like a narrative it doesn't really have characters you know it's, right. it's it, it, it was more of a just like encyclopedia so i was thinking you know what's this going to be like right and now it's like this back door for jk rowling to tell the story of dumbledore and grindelwald and that whole battle that seems like that's where that series is heading what other major news items should we call out I'll call out the the announcement of the theme park mm-hmm. i thought that was huge i and andrew correct me if i'm wrong but i think that took place from the set of dumbledore's office initially they did like a big reveal yeah yeah, and that was, was before it? live streaming was really popular, but they did live stream it. And I think it was like at 3 a.m. UK time or something because they were trying to time it with prime time over in Florida or something. I don't know. But yeah, they did live stream yeah. it. It was it was a very big deal that they were creating this theme park. Definitely. And and I just think back on all the times, thankfully and, and luckily, that we've been able to go down there and, and spend time there and, and just to see it expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the to what it is today, all the different rides. And, and I think, you know, just if you haven't had the chance to go, it, it put it on the top of your list um, for, for Potter vacations because you'll have a great time. Yeah, I also wanted to call out the theme park, um, mainly because I made a couple of visits to Universal while they were still building it. And during those times, of course, they had it all blocked off so you couldn't go near it but hogwarts castle is so tall that you can see the top of it and it was just really cool to see the progression of them building it and i just remember being so excited yeah and being like oh my god we're gonna come here and i was like we're gonna come here and do a live show we're absolutely going to and we did (laughs) uh and it was awesome Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a highlight i also wanted to call out the ivana lynch casting because didn't she hear about the luna lovegood Casting call through MuggleNet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We went for dinner with her. Uh, who was there? I know Ben. Ben was there. I was there. Andrew, you were there, weren't you? Uh, I have no recollection of everything. So I. Of well, anything, that doesn't so. mean it. No, I, I've, I've learned. I've learned that that means nothing. So I'm yeah, pretty that, sure you were there. That rings the bell. Sure you were there. Yeah. 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 It was in London. It was in London after. I think it was in London after some of them went mm. for dinner somewhere. Yeah, um, no that right. that was cool. That was a great story. That was, mm-hmm. I, yeah. you know, this stuff is very a lot of you guys' stuff is is more recent. You know, when you guys be doing it, and and I'd kind of faded away a bit. For for me, the book titles just lo- hearing hearing what they were really like 
put oh, you on yeah. a path of thinking about what the what was going to mm-hmm. happen in that book. And I, and I just remember hearing the Deathly Hallows and I had no idea what it meant. And that was cool for me because like, you know, um, Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, kind of puts you down a, you know, kind of path. Or, although maybe I'm just saying that with the benefit of hindsight. But I just remember Deathly Hallows being like, I have no idea what this is going to yeah be what it's going to mean and that just always excited me just hearing it it like made it real you know yeah mm-hmm. no theory is safe right jamie <laughs> <laughs> exactly no i'm certain that we had an entire at least one entire episode that we theorized about what we thought the deathly what hallows were mm-hmm. and what i remember about the book and cover reveals is just they were typically made in the morning in the United States. And we were all in school when these announcements were being made. And I just remember like having my laptop and thinking like, we got to get, we all got to get home <laughs> and record a MuggleCast to talk about this. And then we would record probably early evening, our time, late evening, Jamie's time. So we could talk about these, the big news items, but we had to wait till we all got home from school. So it was a bit of a issue to coordinate. Do you remember... For the book Seven US cover, we were all theorizing about what that room was that Harry and Voldemort were in. Did we get it right? No. <laughs> I think we thought it was like the the veil room because it looked like stadium seating, which is how that's described. Right. But I'm pretty sure it was the Great Hall, right? It was yeah. that moment where he disarms Voldemort. And we were all just like, and then we were disappointed because we never got any more Department of Mysteries, or at least I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about that after reading book seven. And actually, there's a clip of that on our social media channels. We posted it last week where we're like, and that cover, what? It it was the Great Hall after all? No way. But you know, it's funny because I'm not even talking about that that cover. When I talk about the cover, I'm talking about the UK cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I like that cover more. For Deathly Hallows in the yes. UK than, than the US and, version. And the Half-Blood Prince cover in the UK was fantastic. You know, with, with, with oh, fire, yeah. the Ring of Fire, you know. Yes, absolutely. So will the fandom still be kicking in another 15 years from now? I don't think back in 2005, if we were like, will this all still be here in 15 years? We probably would have been like, no, <laughs> we're going to be too old for that. <laughs> Stuff like that. But you know, obviously, the fandom has changed over the past 15 years with the core books and movies being out already. But Laura, what do you think? Will it still be here in another 15 years? Yes, they're very much setting the wizarding world up to be a living the Marvel, uh, fandom, Marvel you know? Yeah, Marvel. Exactly. I think that that's the route they're going with it. I'm really excited to see, you know, obviously, we've already seen this happen with the Cursed Child, which J.K. Rowling didn't actually write. So they've already opened the door to other creators coming and playing in this space. And I'm excited to see what we get from that, especially considering like the fandom's kind of complicated relationship with J.K. Rowling at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to see what other voices might bring to it. But I also think the TV show is going to happen. There's no way there's not going to be a TV show. Yeah, yeah. And if they do reboot the book series, that could easily be like 15 seasons. <laughs> they could just... Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the later books. There's plenty to work with. I agree. I, I think so. And and I think just look back at other 
fan communities that are still around today. And I know like Star Wars has obviously benefited from from having a whole new slate of movies, but who's to say that doesn't happen kind of to what Laura was talking about with the TV show for, for Potter down the line. I mean, you know, I think about comic cons and just, you know, th- this series isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And even with the like the in-person meetings that we've been able to have with a lot of our listeners at the conventions. I'm thinking back to last year, right, Andrew, what we, we did in Orlando, we were there mm-hmm. for podcast movement. And then what we did in Boston, just talking with all of the listeners and, and seeing how passionate they still are about it, passing it on to their kids and their families. Like, I think that it's, it will definitely still be uh, kicking 15 years from now. Yeah. And the reboot potential, I mean, I'm sure when the first films were made, they were thinking about a reboot at some point, take it down a different path. I mean, yeah, you couldn't not as a studio executive, you know, but you know, if if it's still going in 15 years, Andrew, from what we've heard today, I don't think you're going to remember starting (laughs) telling you about what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I do think of Star Wars when I think about the path that Harry Potter is on, because it is expanding, like with the Fantastic Beast film series, with theme park attractions, with all the merchandise with the play obviously star wars doesn't have all these things or they they followed harry potter like they did with the theme park um but yeah i think it is going to keep expanding i think it's just a matter of how loose jk rowling is willing to um extend Mm -hmm. the leash is does she want to be in control of everything or is she going to get let other creators create things that are officially canon you know writing a tv series writing a new movie series stuff like that she's going to have to um let people get into her world if it's going to be anything like star wars has become and like you said micah i mean star wars has been around for so long what 40 years now 75 yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it goes back. yeah, and it's still so yeah, and and you have the to to your point. I mean, you have the benefit of of having the author, right? I mean, that, yeah, I know it's been controversial lately, but yeah, you, you still have the author who could write more if if she chose to in this space, despite yeah. what she said. Mm-hmm. We are about to bring back an old game, make the music connection, in which we try to insert a song into the world of Harry Potter. It's a lot of fun. But first, a word from our second sponsor this week, Beachbody On Demand. Choosing an at-home workout can be overwhelming. Beachbody wants to take all the anxiety out of a workout and let you enjoy a fun, simple, and affordable way to get your body moving. You don't have to spend hours searching for a program that is right for you. Beachbody offers thousands of workouts so you can select the type of program that will get you motivated and started on your fitness journey. Just give it a try and you will immediately start noticing differences in your mood and body. Plus, you're going to feel more productive for having worked out and you're going to have more energy during the day. Beachbody On Demand lets you achieve your goals from the comfort and safety of home and it's much cheaper than a gym membership. This is the company behind all the routines you've heard of before like P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix. Now check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like Morning Meltdown, 80 Day Obsession, and start every day strong. 80 Day Obsession is one of my favorite programs. It works out all areas of your body for a complete and very effective workout over the course of a couple months. Workouts on Beachbody are as short as 10 minutes long, and they don't require extra equipment, so they're easy to fit into your life. There are programs that can work for any experience level, whether you're just getting started or you've been working out for a while. My sister is currently juggling work and being a parent at home, and she was asking me what I like to do for fitness routines as someone who works from home. She was looking for something to squeeze in during her kid's nap time. I said, you gotta try out Beachbody. 
you can quickly jump into the app and select workouts that will get the job done without leaving the house. And now she is a huge fan. This just works perfectly for her. And you're going to be a huge fan too. Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text MuggleCast to 303030. It's dead easy to sign up. Text MuggleCast to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information, and support absolutely free. Again, just text MuggleCast to 303030. Okay, so let's play a game now. Jamie mentioned Make the Connection. We started doing Make the Music Connection probably a few years into MuggleCast. And I thought since we were celebrating 15 years of MuggleCast, we should play some songs from 2005 and make a connection between these songs and the Harry Potter series. So I think you three should take turns. I'm going to give you each a song and you're going to have to make the connection. So, Jamie, you can enjoy oh, the, wow. the stress around this. Oh, no. And also, I really don't want to show my age not knowing this music. I hope uh, I do. Go I think it. you'll know. I think you'll know. Do you want to go first? Uh, let's get it over and done with. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I think you'll know this song. Am I more than you bargained for yet? Yeah. Anything. I'm thinking frantically. Jamie, this was the song playing just before you went to talk to Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it got me going, you know? We're not at the chorus here, but this is Sugar We're Going Down by Fallout Boy. So make the connection, Jamie. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Okay. um, Is Jamie allowed to phone a friend? Yeah, sure, Laura. Laura's emo. She she can help you. I'm Go on, still, Laura, help, help me out here. I'm still an emo kid. I was thinking of Harry entering the forest for his final showdown with Voldemort. Okay. Talk me through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like the whole we're going down, swinging. It's over. Ah, uh, nice. Yes, yes. Yeah, good, good, good. Excellent. Good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that one, Andrew. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Laura, I've got your back. For, Thank for you. Your one, okay? I okay. appreciate you. Laura, this can be yours then, and Jamie can help you out. Just to warn you, Laura, I don't know what this song <laughs> Oh, that's what I do. I do. Yeah. Sorry. I know the chorus. <laughs> I can. I've got one here. I've I've got one here. Okay, okay. Jamie, lend the but, assist. Would do you want it this early, or do you want to, or do you want to give it a go yourself? To be honest, I'm a little bit annoyed that I was given a pop song. <laughs> Andrew knows this is not my strong suit. <laughs> but you know the song, don't I you? Do. By the Pussycat I, Dolls. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Okay, you know, I'm really thinking. I'm really thinking. This is Crumb. Ron and Hermione, that little triangle for the for the Yule Ball, you know, when mm-hmm. like um, you know, she's got she's got sass and attitude and um, you know, crumbs all like actually where it doesn't quite work because he's not really arrogant and like throwing it in Ron's face, but if he was, this would be perfect. So it's like not not really there, but Well, this is how Ron sees it though, right? Like Ron interprets true, true. Crumb as being, you know, very uppity. Okay. Yeah. He's the enemy. 
I was going to say, I, this is what Dumbledore dances to in his office when he's all by himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and here's our last one. You know you got me, got me. Which pistol shot me, shot me. And I'm here helplessly in love, and nothing can't stop me. It can't stop me once I start it. Can't return me. Okay, so this is Don't Funk with My Heart by Black Eyed Peas. I miss this era of the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Micah, do you have one for this? I'll go with just Snape and and Lily. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. I I couldn't really come. maybe a little Hagrid Madame Maxine action going on. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no I think I think your first one was spot on. Yeah. I okay, can see good, him in his, in his office listening to this, <laughs> although obviously a lot of years later. But I can, I can still <laughs> I could still see him listening, you know, listening to this just getting angry and getting emo and like throwing potions around. Great job everybody. That was Make the Music Connection 2005 edition. So to close out the episode, we're going to play a bunch of voice messages we received from listeners recalling their favorite fandom moments from over the years. So stay tuned for that. But I just wanted to wrap up here just by saying, why do we still love hosting MuggleCast after all this time? Or why do we still love MuggleCast after all this time? (laughs) One of the biggest questions I still get about MuggleCast is, what do you guys talk about anymore? (laughs) Jamie, you may be wondering that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, we recently finished chapter by chapter. That's always been uh, a great source of material for us, just going through these books. I used to enjoy that one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been great. And we just wrapped up Order of the Phoenix. Uh, But for me, the bigger part of this is just the community. People still want to hear about harry potter they still want to escape to the wizarding world um it's just always been a source of comfort for people even as we grow older it's just it it feels like home to paraphrase jk rowling everybody just wants that escape and we want to give it to them and there's a thrill there's a there's a thrill here with you know still doing it after all this time and with this community just having so many people still listen to the show really means a lot to us and how can we let people down and of course we're all good friends too so it's just a good a good way to catch up because we don't see each other in person given how we live in different parts of the country so it's just still genuinely a lot of fun yeah kind of piggybacking off of that another part of the fandom still craving outlets in order to consume Harry Potter, we have listeners now who are younger than the show. Like oh. we routinely get emails from people that are like, hey, MuggleCast, I'm, I'm nine years old. And <laughs> it's so cool to watch kids discovering Harry Potter and it it's so nostalgic because, of course, it reminds us of we when we were discovering Harry Potter. And we get so many good questions from people. And there's just so much literary analysis that you can dive into with these books, especially when you look at it through the lens of, of different portions of your life. Like the way that I interpreted Harry Potter as a 15-year-old is very different from how I interpret it as a 31-year-old. And we've definitely had discussions on this show in the last few months where we've been like, oh, man, that that's a deep cut. Like, I didn't realize that's what this was about. 
when I was younger. And now Mm -hmm. that I'm older and I can fully appreciate it, it just makes the books that much more meaningful for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think that it's, it's what's been said. And then also just, it's fun. Like I, I look forward to that escape every week uh, that, you know, get together with Andrew, Laura, Eric, Jamie, Thank you for uh, <laughs> for coming back, man. Because it, it, it's a throwback too. It, 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 mm-hmm. it the fact that we can just sit here and have this conversation with like it's ten years ago or fifteen years ago, I think speaks volumes. And yeah. it, you know, we've been very fortunate, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think you know, we forged these these lifelong friendships, as were, was mentioned, and. You know, I've I've done a lot of planning of a lot of chapter discussions over the course of the last couple of months, but it, it doesn't ever feel like it's work. It you know, I love kind of drawing those connections, like Laura, you mentioned, and and seeing things that I wouldn't have seen 15 years ago, and and bringing them up for discussion and listening to what you all have to say. So mm-hmm. I'd say fun. Obviously, I'm not doing this, you know, regularly, but you know, 10 years gone by, this feels like. This feels this feels normal. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> kind of feels like I'm back back being like, you know, twenty, twenty one on the computer. We're like swearing and Andrew's getting more and more annoyed because he's gonna have to edit it out. <laughs> Listening <laughs> to not, Cascada. We didn't tell you. You can say whatever you want now. Dude. Ooh, lovely. No. Just tell you me can't. The odds. no. <laughs> Don't I remember him going, guys, come on, guys, guys. Don't curse. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it feels like, you know, it feels uh gets you right in the fields this is nice this is nice it's yeah. like being back it's good like being good. back 10 years and, and doing this it's all good yeah well jamie i think i have to put you on the spot one more time can you give the listeners a british joke of the week you know i had in my mind that you might ask me this and <laughs> oh, <good>. i started <laughs> i started formulating a joke and i didn't formulate enough i'm sorry everyone i did not formulate enough <laughs> to um turn it into a joke i feel confident actually saying okay but okay. it was because i'm now a dad as i've mentioned you know a few times already it, it had to be a dad joke now like not that i'm saying the old ones were, were funny i'm sure they were pretty cringeworthy but mm. so i was going down this path of being like a dad and a daughter talking about their favorite um disney films pixar films i can't mm. remember who made it but anyway and one of them says says frozen or they do like a competition and frozen comes out as the winner and then i was going down the door to rubbing it in rubbing it in rubbing it in just going on the dad getting more and more annoyed more and more annoyed and then he's like oh why can't you just let it go (laughs) (laughs) that's where i was going with it all right anyway so that's not really a joke that's not really a joke okay it's a pun you know it's like it's a pun. It's a story. It's a story. Mm-hmm. So I didn't quite get there, guys. I'm sorry. But we'll take it. I thought I it love might it. be coming. No, we'll accept that, it. That works. That works. Like I said at the top of the show, I'm so glad that you haven't changed a bit. Um, clearly, all of us haven't. I mean, we've changed, obviously, but we're all, you know, we can all still get together and have a lot of fun doing this podcast. And it's been so great to have you on, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. No worries, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Real pleasure. Good, good. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Whether you are nine years old and just discovered the podcast last week or you've been listening for all 15 years, 10 years, five years, whatever it is, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means the world to us. We're here because of you and we we greatly, we greatly appreciate it. The show has given us so much, including, as you can tell today, some really special friendships. And gosh, I just can't imagine where 
I would be where we all would be without the podcast. We would maybe then we would be different people. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks again, Deep. everybody, for listening so much. I'm Andrew Sims. Uh, Micah Tannenbaum. I'm Maura Thompson. And I'm Jamie Lawrence. Fantastic. Happy 15 years. Goodbye, Aww. everybody. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> I'll see you in another 15. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get me on sooner. I enjoyed this. Take care, everyone. Hi, MuggleCast. My name is Whitney, and I am from Colorado. I was young when the Harry Potter books came out. Um, I'm still a baby. I'm only 22. So I just remember my biggest moment with Harry Potter was when the cast walked the red carpet for the last time. My older sisters were huge fans, and so was my dad. And so I watched it with them before I had even read the books yet. And I just remember them crying, and that is the biggest memory I have, really. So um, still today, whenever I see pictures of them from that red carpet, I am in awe of how beautiful and how much emotion they had because they literally grew up together. So I felt like Harry Potter helped raise me, too. So that's all. Hey, MuggleCast, this is Jillian. I wanted to share with you my personal favorite Harry Potter fandom memory. Back when Order of the Phoenix came out, my family was going on a two-week vacation to the middle of nowhere woods of Maine, and my mom told me, you're going to get the book when we get back, you can wait, you know, spend time with family and friends, absolutely no chance of you getting this book is going to happen. And my dad said, you know, listen to your mother, and of course, he woke me up at 4 a.m. the day it released, and he goes, don't tell anyone, we're driving to the nearest bookstore. It took us two hours to get there, and we finally got it, and I was the happiest, well, happiest camper. <laughs> and then I spent the entire next day reading the book straight, as much to this day of my mother. But it was great because my dad does not really get Harry Potter. He fell asleep during Goblet of Fire in the movie theater. So it was great that I have this memory of him just being so supportive of Harry Potter and for my love of reading. Hi, MuggleCast. Happy 15-year anniversary. Congratulations. You guys do such a fab job of keeping Harry Potter in our spirits. And you just give such interesting insights and theories. I love listening to you guys every week. Um, my favourite fandom memory is receiving my own collection of books from my brother as a later birthday gift. Uh, we used to have to share the book every time they came out for the release. He would always read it first. And yes, he did spoil the ending to Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince for me. Very cruel. Uh, then I got my own set from him. And this actually marks the 10th year of me reading them all back to back starting, of course, on July 31st. I love all that you guys do. You have been a great comfort when I moved from Scotland to Seattle. It's been fab to get to listen and be comforted by Harry Potter. Congratulations again. I hope you have a great day. Um, I hopefully speak soon. Bye. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Robert, longtime listener, longtime fan. Uh, my favorite moment of being a part of the Harry Potter fandom came at the premiere of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. I worked in a movie theater at the time, and we had this giant rolling concession cart 
that we would take from theater to theater on big movie nights when uh, we wanted to prevent long lines in the lobby. And me being a actor and director felt that it would be best to get into character. So every time I entered a theater, I pushed the card in and as loud as I could turned the corner and yelled, anything from the trolley? To thunderous applause of all of the Harry Potter fans decked out in every costume and house color and wand that you could find. Um, as a kind of bonus to this story, I also had seen the movie that morning alone because my theater needed to test the prints. So I got paid to sit in the biggest theater and watch the finale of my favorite franchise. Thank you so much for all that you do for the fandom and for all you do just in general. You being a positive force in the world, uh, especially in the world of Harry Potter, means the world to all of us. Thank you, MuggleCast. My personal favorite Harry Potter fandom has to be the early days of MuggleCast. We were always trying to guess what would happen in the final book. Thanks for all the hard work, guys. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Katie. And in response to the 15th anniversary episode prompt, looking back on my years um, at, in deep fandom as a teenager, I grew up in a really rural area, so I didn't have as much access and wasn't as close to, I don't know, big bookstores and things that had lots of events um, necessarily. But I remember the years between um, leading up to the release of Order of the Phoenix, the book, and I think that kind of converged with the Goblet of Fire film. I'm 31, so I would have been like 15, 16, were probably my favorite months in fandom. Um, with that came the discovery of all the fanfiction journals and chat rooms and forums and places I shouldn't have been for my age. And if you guys recall, the live journal smash sensation Potter Puffs, uh, which I was obsessed with. And I just recently did a little Google image search and found them. And they're so amazing. So I don't know if you guys remember Potter Puffs or for any of the people that didn't necessarily go to as many in-person events, um, but remember the beauty that was Live Journal in those years. That's where my fond memories go. Thank you so much for everything you do and can't wait to be on the next chapter with you guys. Um, thank you for everything and for making quarantine and the pandemic really fun still. Have a great day. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Jeff. Ten years ago, I started working a night shift job, and it was kind of lonely and kind of quiet, but MuggleCast was always there to keep me company. And then one night, they announced that they were expanding their chapter-by-chapter -chapter segment into a show called Alohomora, and I learned to love that show just as much. Since then, I've discovered a wealth of Harry Potter podcast shows and a community of people who are interested in talking about them and in coming up with all these great theories. And I've never felt more accepted and more at home than I have with all the people who love to listen to MuggleCast, Alohomora, HP and the Sacred Text, Speak Beastie, and all the other wonderful podcast shows that give us something to celebrate and something to talk about. Thank you. Hi, MuggleCast. Katie here. My favorite Harry Potter fandom memory is when my Quidditch team traveled to the fifth Quidditch World Cup my freshman year of college. We got there, and there were tents set up everywhere and teams from all over, and it truly felt like the World Cup from the books. My team actually lost every single game that we played, but we were just so grateful that we were there, and we just had a great time anyway. 
I even became closer to a few of my teammates, and we're still friends today, and we talk a lot. Um, I just really loved Quidditch, and it continued for all four years of my Quidditch of my college career, and it was it just became part of my life. Um, I've been listening since episode one, and you guys have always been absolutely amazing. Congratulations on 15 years, MuggleCast. Hey guys, my name is Kelly. I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I'm calling because we, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite MuggleCast memories, and that was, um, the first MuggleCast rap that was written. I listened to that episode quite often. And it still makes me laugh to this day. I will always remember. And sometimes I find myself walking out on the street just going, M-U-double-G-L-E-C-A-S-N-T. And it's, it's really fun. So I thank you guys so much for keeping me entertained. I've been wa- listening to you guys probably since 2007. Uh, and, you know, chapter by chapter was something I definitely missed. Um, and, you know, just all the theories that... Uh, we're going out, especially around the time of Deathly Hallows. So thanks, guys, so much for being a part of my wonderful life. Have a great day.